Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. This is Scott Feldman. Welcome to The Tint, uh, the podcast dedicated to you, the lovers of aquarium science and art in all of its forms if you've noticed over the weeks i've sort of evolved my introduction because i I really can't figure out what we should uh, base it on whether it should just be you know blackwater aquariums botanical aquariums and aquascaping whatever it's it's sort of all of these things and natural aquariums and if you could think of a better introduction go for it in fact someone come up with one and you can write a little paragraph or two of a nice script to start we'll hook you up with some botanicals so putting it out there for you if we use yours, you're, you're going to get something for it. Anyway, today I want to talk about a topic that I think is something that's kind of near and dear to all of us who, you know, ply our art in the uh, in the botanical and uh, aquascaping world. And it's something that I discussed recently with a friend and it really kind of hit a responsive chord. It's, it's about the transience of nature. Now, I recently had one of those hardcore fish discussions with an old friend who is probably like me is as much a philosopher as he is an aquarist but he's more of like one of those obi-wan kenobi kind of aquascaping jedi types that just man of not a ton of words but when he speaks you're like yeah that makes sense and he had this amazing viewpoints of pretty much everything aquarium and so it's always fun to talk to him and i think we all know somebody like that so it's kind of neat um during our rather long-winded discussion we had you know, a lot of different topics that we covered. And we talked about the ideas of aquariums reflecting nature and how a good segment of the hobby has been sort of chasing this filtered interpretation of nature for like the last 15 to 20 years or so, but somehow still falling a bit short. Now, aesthetic wise, our systems have never been more beautiful. But this talent, the art is, is amazing. However, to my friend, um, something was lacking. And, and in a way, I, I definitely agree with him. Now, we discussed how some aquascapes, even ones set up in a purely artistic manner, just have a certain it factor to them that makes them just amazing and evokes some feeling. Yet others, artistic though they may be, just fall short by miles. And we couldn't probably quite place it during the discussion. He was really kind of perplexed. And it took me a little bit to, to think about this. And then I told him what I thought it was. I think I know what it is, really. I told him, and oh, surprisingly, he agreed. I think it's the concept of wabi-sabi, something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Now, in its most simplistic and literal form, the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi is just an acceptance and contemplation of the imperfection, the constant flux, and impermanence of all things. This philosophy is absolutely applicable to the art and science of aquarium keeping, isn't it? In fact, I think it's fundamental, really. It's a very interesting philosophy, one is you know that's been embraced by... Uh, None other than the great Takashi Yamano in regards to aquascaping. And he proffered that a planted aquarium is in constant flux and that one needs to contemplate, embrace, and enjoy the sweet sadness of the transience of life. And many of his works actually embraced that philosophy wholeheartedly. And they evolved over time as various plants would alternatively, alternatively thrive. They would 
spread and then the decline, you know, all the while reworking and reconfiguring the aquascape with minimum human intervention. And each phase of the aquascape's existence brought kind of a new look, a new beauty to people that would observe them. Now, did you get the part when I said minimal human invention? <laughs> intervention? I don't know why I'm saying invention. Maybe I'm in an inventive mood today, but hey, that's that's a part of live podcasting. Um, intervention, that's not going to work. But um, minimal human inter- intervention means that an aquarium has to be set up long enough for plants to thrive, decline, or do whatever. In other words, you set it up for the long run. Yet in today's contest-scape-driven, break-down-the-tank-after-the-show world, this philosophy of appreciating change by nature over time seems to have been tossed aside as we move on to the next scape. It's all about sketch it out, set it up, photograph it, edit it, share it, break it the f- down, and move on. You notice I, I held back on that one? And it's almost tragic in my opinion. And I kind of can't help but wonder if Mr. Amano would feel the same. Sure, he'd be impressed by all the tremendous work that's being done and all the beautiful scapes that, are, that you know, follow some rigid patterns. But the fact that they're put up and generally broken down within just a couple of months or, or maybe a few more months is really quite tragic. They never get that chance to fully evolve. Many of the most beautiful aquariums you see splashed all over the internet on Facebook and Instagram are typically aren't even left up long enough for nature to really do her thing. It's not even, you know, in nature, it's not even about a few weeks or a few months. It's processes which can take many months or even years. And I suppose the time frame makes it hard for many to appreciate wabi-sabi in a lot of ways. We're not used to looking at things in our aquariums over long extended periods of time, the way nature organizes, evolves, and operates. Now, when we talk about the use of natural materials in our aquas, you know, aquascapes, like the use of leaves and softer botanicals, which begin to degrade after just a few weeks submerged, one can sort of really understand the practicalities of this philosophy. It could be argued, perhaps, that the use of botanicals in an aquarium is the very essence of what wabi-sabi is all about. Now, I think we can learn to appreciate this transient nature, and I think in order to do that, a slightly different approach to aquascaping is really warranted a way that allows us as hobbyists to experience this in a slightly faster time frame. You know, patience still being large, but the lessons learned perhaps are coming more quickly. We do it with botanicals. Sure, a carefully constructed hardscape should have some more or less permanent things like driftwood and perhaps rocks. Yet I think these should be complemented and enhanced by more degradable transient items like catapa, guava, and other leaves, as well as the softer pods and botanicals, which offer not only enhanced aesthetics, they offer enrichment of the aquatic habitat through the release of tannins, humic substances, vitamins, etc., as they decompose, just like they do in nature. Leaves and all those things are simply not permanent additions to our scapes, and if we wish to enjoy them in their more intact forms, we need to replace them as they start to break down, which is not a bad thing, it's just the way some people like it. It's simply how to use them to create a specific aesthetic in a permanent aquarium display. You know, much like flowers in a garden or a planter box that you see, leaves will have a period of time where they're in all their glory, they're crisp and they're fresh looking, and then they start that gradual, inevitable, you know, biological decay. And at this phase, you can opt to leave them in, as we've talked about for many times, to enrich the environment further and offer kind of a new aesthetic, or you could just remove them and replace them with fresh leaves and botanicals. So your call. And that very much replicates the processes that actually happen in nature, doesn't it? Decomposition, addition, renewal, just change. Nature does it, we can do it. It's absolutely the crux of what wabi-sabi is. 
Now, with the publishing of more and more photos and videos of, you know, botanical-influenced scapes in the last few years, there's been a lot more interest and a lot more questions about them by hobbyists who haven't even considered these items in an aquascape before. And that's really cool to me because new people with new ideas and new approaches are experimenting. That invigorates everything. And we're looking at nature as never before. We're celebrating the real diversity in the appearance of natural habitats as they really are. Diverse, rich, often turbid, and decidedly messy. And there's a real beauty to them that's both compelling and immediately obvious to those who look. Now, sure, some hobbyists have commented that as their leaves and botanicals break down and escape, as initially conceived, changes. And whether they know it or not, they've grasped wabi-sabi, sort of. Uh, according to the philosophy, one must appreciate the beauty at the various phases to really grasp the concept and appreciate it. To find little vignettes, little moments of fleeting beauty that need not be permanent for you to enjoy them. Maybe that leaf tumbled into that one corner and just made a perfect scene. Maybe your catfish happens to be resting on that one pod that rolled into that little pocket in the underneath the driftwood or whatever. Now, I agree. This aesthetic is unique and it's not for everybody. Some people just don't get it. And they proffer that this is simply a sloppy, not thought out, and seemingly random attempt at aquascaping. I vividly recall at least one critic on a Facebook forum who, upon observing one of our pictures created by another hobbyist, uh, commented that the scape looked literally like, you know, someone just threw in some pods and leaves in a random fashion, called it a day. And yeah, the guy actually described the aesthetic to a certain, although unsophisticated, degree, but he couldn't get past the superficial classification of the look and therefore concluded that haphazard, sloppy, and not thought out was the takeaway there. I don't think the guy ever looked at a natural aquatic environment and really saw what it's like, and I think that's a shame. I think if he glanced at a natural habitat like an agapo, a flooded forest, a jungle stream, he'd gain a new appreciation for this. But on the other hand, that was the charm and the beauty of a kind of a conceptual work, the seemingly random transient nature of the scape with leaves deposited just the way nature would in, you know, in currents... Um, you know, material flows, etc. Settling in these unlikely areas within the aquascape was the charm, the real, unedited, unfiltered, interpreted nature. It's not the way we've defined it in the aquarium world, as we've discussed many times. Not everyone likes nor appreciates it this way. I get it. Not everyone thinks that a botanical-style aquarium is even remotely attractive, and that's perfectly fine. It's not the best way to run a tank. It's just a way. Yet when you look at nature, the inspiration for this style, if you call it that, is everywhere. It's wabi-sabi in its most pure, unadulterated form. So regardless of how you choose to manage an aquarium with leaves and non-permanent botanicals, you can enjoy the beauty of their wabi-sabi existence. The fact is, you're embracing it simply by including these materials in your work. You know, that urban agapo idea that I keep talking about so much lately, where you, know, you run a tank in multiple phases, from terrestrial to inundated and back... It encompasses all these things, really. Perhaps the idea will speak to you. Maybe you'll just laugh and say, come on. Maybe it'll awaken some idea you've had or some longing to experience aquariums in a different way. I hope it does. The real beauty of that technique and any of the other ideas we talk about here is that there are no real rules when conceiving botanical scale aquascapes. Nothing, you know, nothing that tells you you have to do it a certain way. Now, we're trying to replicate on some levels the wild habitats that we love. So there's no rules per se other than those imposed by nature herself, which govern the decomposition, the water chemistry, and the way these things combine. The real factors that dictate just how the aquascape will ultimately evolve. And accepting that inevitable change and the aesthetic imperfections is the very essence and the beauty of the wabi-sabi philosophy, in my opinion.
We've been discussing the idea, I know, of an aquascaping contest for some time and more recently in the last few days. And I think that the transient nature of wabi-sabi will figure fairly prominently in the evaluation of entries. I think it should. It's a long game, one that requires patience, observation, and time, one that requires these mental shifts, these changes in perception, and a reevaluation of what is truly natural and beautiful. And I think when we judge aquariums in a contest based on that, on this longer view, it's going to take us in different directions. It'll learn and teach us to appreciate what really happens. So having a contest period that's long enough to let aquariums do this, although a little bit tedious and perhaps even a bit unorthodox by some standards, may educate, inspire, and otherwise introduce people to a world and a way of thinking that we haven't previously embraced. And I think we need to stay open to these new ideas, these new experiences and new interpretations. And we need to look to nature as the key influence in our designs, unedited nature. So I hope that as you delve deeper and deeper into this philosophy or this practice of what we do here that you share your revelations and your discoveries with other hobbyists maybe at first something you don't think is that impressive actually is because somebody gets it somebody may even get it more than you get it might be happening in your tank and you might think oh and then someone else looks at it and says that's amazing and then well, maybe that's all it'll take is someone else's perspective to look at it differently and then you pull back for a bit and look at your tank and go wow i never thought of it that way and suddenly you appreciate it Suddenly you may get it. And that's the benefit of these experiments with these really unique style aquariums. It's The possibilities are just endless. So I want you to stay creative, stay enthralled, stay patient above all, stay open-minded and stay observant, and always, always stay wet. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day. This is Scott Fellman. Thank you for stopping by, and we look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to hearing your feedback on the next uh, installment of The Tint.